Welcome to the Money, Mindset, and Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Marley Rose Harris, and I'm here to talk to you about all things entrepreneurial, personal growth, and self-development with a little side of spiritual woo-woo. I have successfully turned my side hustle into a multiple six-figure business while traveling the world and living a life I've only dreamed of. I hope by listening to this show inspires you to do the same and start manifesting everything on your vision board. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Do you want to live a life of time, location, and financial freedom? Learn how to build a business that allows you to live from anywhere in the world, take unlimited vacation days, make your own schedule, and honestly just live a life that fulfills you and lights you up. Well, on July 21st, I'm going to be hosting a free webinar teaching you how to do exactly this, how to build your own online business that gives you time, location, financial freedom. If you want to learn how, click the link in the comments and it's a free ticket. I'm so excited to see you there. Well, are you you comfortable? Because we're going to start. No, I'm comfortable. You're comfortable? Okay. Okay, so this is your first part. This is the microphone. I know it is. Does it look But but look at all this fancy stuff. I know. Okay. So this is your first interview. Is this your first interview? In your whole life? Well, I used to be in Rotary, so I don't think so. I was, uh, uh, you know, I spoke at a Rotary meeting where there were 500 people. And, and so, you know, been there, sort of done that. But Well, there's thousands of people that listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. So this might be your biggest interview yet. Yes. With your favorite youngest granddaughter. Who is my favorite youngest granddaughter? Yes. Marley Rose. <laughs> So for everyone listening, you are my favorite oldest grandfather. (laughs) And this is a family joke, by the way, because grandpa has one, no, two granddaughters and two grandsons. One's young, one's old. So he always says I'm his favorite youngest, but I'm his only youngest granddaughter. (laughs) I'm your only youngest granddaughter. Um, Yes, of course. So for all the listeners... Tell us what it was like way back, like growing up. Like, what was your childhood like? And what year was this? I was born in 1933, and my mother was pregnant with me at 16 and had me at 17. And uh, I never, she married my father Mm -hmm. because that's what you did in those days. I never met my father, I never saw my father, I never spoke to my father. And quite frankly, I didn't miss it because I had aunts, uh, Auntie Kitty, Auntie uh, Eddie, and those people, Auntie Babe, who really looked after me, took me to uh, uh, concerts, operas, uh, things like that. So I, I didn't miss the fact. But then you have to throw into the formula the fact that my grandparents were Jewish. Mm-hmm. So what a mixture. I mean, mm-hmm. really. But they were not religious Jews, they were uh, food Jews. And my grandmother, who was illiterate, by the way, and couldn't speak, uh, couldn't read or write any language, uh, used to make wonderful food. And uh, when Nancy and I married, uh, Nancy wrote my grandmother, because Nancy's parents were very Scottish and Mm. old and whatnot, 
And uh, nothing against Scottish people. No, no, not, <laughs> not at all. It's just they happen to be Scottish. Yeah. It could be Irish or whatever. Yeah. And uh, but they were quite um, harsh. This family, right? Uh, no, she. It wasn't that overt. They were harsh in in ways of uh, uh, affection and that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, Nancy was living at home, and I was living in an apartment, a basement apartment in Willowdale, very near where Nancy lived. And the reason yeah. I got the apartment was I had bags under my eyes down to my knees <laughs> from going to Nancy so long and then having to go all the way downtown by streetcar. And this is in Toronto, right? In Toronto, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I said to Nancy, Nancy, we got to get you out of that house. It's, it's just terrible. Mm. So there was no thought then. I moved back to my Toronto address mm -hmm. where my mother lived, mm -hmm. and Nancy moved into the apartment. Now, I mean, you get married, you don't take your husband's name, number one. Mm. And it's it's just an entirely different, uh, there was never a thought in my mind, should I ask Nancy if I can stay here? I mean, it, it didn't even enter my mind. Oh, like you mean like you would never even think to move in with her. It wasn't even a thought, right? Because you weren't married. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so for everyone listening, Nancy is my grandma and your wife for how long were you married? Uh, 61 years. Wow. So let's go back to when you two first met. Yeah. Where did you meet? At Connaught Medical Research Laboratories. And was it love at first sight? Definitely not. <laughs> she, uh, I, I, uh, I had, I worked for a veterinarian who was very lazy. So I was yeah. doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, but did them very well. It was like really weird stuff, right? Oh yeah. Like I used to inject calves who were the size of a large, large dog intracerebrally, which is into the brain. Oof. with uh, rabies and then three weeks later I would har harvest their brains and <laughs> spinal cords I loved it what did you love about it well for one thing it was doing somebody some good because yeah. they were making rabies vaccine out of it oh it wasn't that I so much loved it although I did yeah it's I wasn't repulsed by it I mean I tell you take the brain and spinal cord, and you get yeah. a little shudder. But also, Dad is very, very, like, with stuff. He couldn't even go to the dentist. He would get really freaked out. So were you always immune to it, or did it freak you out from the beginning, or were you just always like, it was fine? Uh, it was always fine. If I saw a dead dog on the road or something, <laughs> uh, you know, most people would uh, yeah. shudder, and I, I never did for whatever reason. Do you think, were you exposed to a lot of that as a child? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think, I can't think of any hmm. situation where I would have been exposed as a child, but, uh, it's, it's your nature, you know. Did you ever want to be a doctor? Yes. Yeah? Is that yeah. what you wanted to be? Yeah. But my mark stunk. Hmm. I got, uh, 
75, 78 in English, mm -hmm. and in chemistry I got 35. I was not a student. I probably had some type of learning, I, I don't know. Like dyslexia? Uh, I, I don't think there was a name for it, Mara, yeah. but uh, it, it, it definitely a school did not interest me, and uh, but I wanted to be a doctor. Well, how many of my friends became doctors? Mm -hmm. But they were getting 90s and, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a difficult thing about the school system is that obviously you're very smart and have gone to be very successful. But it, the way that they test in school isn't favorable for every no, child, no, you no. know. And but by the same token, if, if uh, I mean, there's such an enormous amount of knowledge one has to learn as a doctor. Yeah. And you can't have someone saying, gee whiz, what was that uh, procedure again? I, <laughs> I've forgotten, and the patient is lying there <laughs> yeah. bleeding. Yeah. So, uh, no, I, and, and then when you get out in the, I worked 45 years on the road, mm. 45 years. Yeah. And uh, most of it in the North Country. And I, I made rules for myself because I saw more guys who were on the road and got into the booze heavily, mm. became alcoholics, or they got into the women heavily mm. and got divorced. Mm -hmm. So I, I sat in my room every goddamn night. I had my bottle of, uh, first I had a bottle of scotch, my first trip on the road. And uh, when I said uh, to somebody, would you like a drink? Well, what do you have? Scotch. Scotch? Who <laughs> drinks scotch? I said, well, what do you drink? I drink rye. Yeah. That's what sensible people drink, rye. <laughs> so from then on, I was a rye drinker. You know? Yeah. And what were you doing on the road? Selling. What were you selling? T-shirts, souvenir goods. Mm -hmm. T-shirts, sweatshirts, caps, beaded goods, leather goods souvenired with uh, French River, whatever, and, and just a whole line of souvenirs. So what was your progress like from becoming a salesperson to owning the company? Uh, four years, I think. Yeah. So did you start at the bottom? Well, it was Uncle Carl, Auntie Kitty's, not husband, but, but mate, yeah. who gave me the job. And he, was, he had a place in Jamaica, mm -hmm. so he was quite anxious to get out. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, when I say sold me the uh, the deal it was on good terms and and uh, so I was able to pay it off nicely you know so you started off and you were selling you were on the road and you worked in that business for four years 42 and three before that on other jobs cannot medical research yeah. labs yeah and then you owned the business for how long uh, uh 40, something like 42, 44 years. Did you ever get bored? No, because I had things like the gift shows and other things thrown in. And and it's not a luxury. I mean, I was meeting great people. When mm -hmm. I say great people, they were the salt of the earth. Mm -hmm. If you treated them kindly and honestly, they were yours for life. If 
you were a salesman from Toronto or Montreal, like some of those big shots came up mm -hmm. and tried to take the customers away from me and make phony deals they didn't get anywhere. And, and I just kept the same customers, give or take a few, for 42 years. What was your experience like being an entrepreneur? Did you always want to be an entrepreneur? No, I wanted to be a doctor. I, I didn't know what entrepreneur was, you know. But now I'm given a job, and I better do a good job because I'm married, and my wife is pregnant, and uh, Bob's your uncle. So how old were you when you purchased the business? Uh, let me see. Uh, Probably 24, 25. Wow, so. that's so young. But you probably would have had already two kids by that point? Pardon? Did you have two children by that point? Uh, we had Kim uh, not, uh, 11 months after we got married, and we had uh, Scott a year and a half after that. And then Dad came like... Uh, your dad came in, uh, he was uh, younger by five years than... Yeah, okay, quite a bit younger. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back to when you met Granny, because we didn't... So it wasn't love at first sight. Why was no, that? No, she was a pain in the ass. Cause <laughs> did, did I tell you I wanted to borrow an Erwin Meyer flask? And she was like, get your own or something? No, no, return it clean. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, I, I was going to leave the junk in it that I, you know. So uh, we had in common our love of jazz. So if uh, we, we were, went to a club downtown and saw Billie Holiday's last concert, and we did things like that, and, and eventually she loosened up because she felt she had to be very tough because of her parents and uh, just men in general. You know, mm. they were jerks pretty well. So how did it go from, you know, clean my flask or whatever she said to you going on this, you know, like dates downtown? Like, did you first ask her out or like, how, were you friends first? Uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, we, we became, it was a progressive, as we got to know each other better, uh, it became a progressive uh, relationship. But, uh, yeah, it just evolved, and, and people used to say, uh, did you ever argue? And I used to say, no, you stupid moron. We never had one argument yeah. in 61 years. Yeah. We argued all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but if it got to the point where that's it, I don't want this anymore, we had no place to go because my mother married Mel and had two kids, and Nancy's mother wouldn't have probably taken anybody in, and nobody wanted to get in to her environment anyway. Yeah. So it, it just worked out. And were there times that uh, she could have left? Yes. Were there times I? Yes. And, and with most marriages, if it's not that way, it must be bloody boring, you know? Yeah. So you were married for 61 years? Yeah. For anyone listening, what would be one piece of advice and something that you've learned from that relationship to make, you know, this partnership last for so long? Well, I think when you're fighting, fight cleanly. Mm. 
you don't uh, you don't uh, stoop to unimportant stuff to mm. hurt the other person. You, you you try not to hurt the other person. And I remember one time we were in in a place we were renting, I think, and we had a something in the basement, and we had to take it from a room in the basement into a main room in the basement. Mm -hmm. And as we were pushing it through a door, I, I gave it a bit of a shove, and Nancy was holding it, and I shoved the thing and her hand into the cement wall. Oh. And for the next 61 years, <laughs> I heard about, oh, he's not as gentle as you think he is. <laughs> Did you ever hear the time he smashed my hand into the wall? <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah. And, and it, it, it was good, you know. Uh, she was good and I was good. And, and, uh, and I think what really helped is I went on the road. Mm. So you, you're, you're separate from each other. And then when you get back, it's a bit of a celebration. You get right? to miss each other. Pardon? You get to miss each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just people, family, God, I, yeah. you know. How how long would you be away for? I could be away for as long as five weeks. Wow. Yeah, that that's, takes getting used to, you know. But normally I'd be away uh, a week or something like that. But, but at times, because I used to go really far north, you know. Yeah, in and, Canada only, right? Pardon? In Canada specifically? Yeah. For sure, but then I went to we went to China in 1972 on yeah, a trade mission. Yeah, you were the mission. first plane into China, right? The first flight into China. Uh, I I don't I don't know that. Uh, one thing you noticed in China was bicycles. Uh, there were very few cars. Really? Oh God! But there were millions, if not billions of bicycles so everybody on the street you, you didn't worry about getting hit by a car you worried about hitting a bicycle yeah. and somebody on it and uh so we were there in 72 on the great wall and i'm looking with nancy out on the great wall saying okay we're here to defend our country yeah and we're looking in one direction and i said nance what happens if they attack from the rear while we're busy staring in front, yeah, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So. So, what do you remember most about your teenage years? Pimples, <laughs> number one, and 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 just how different I was. Mm. I mean, here I was with my mother having me prematurely, number one. And coming from a Jewish background, uh, my mother did, then why did we have a Christmas tree mm. fully decorated? Mm. So every Christmas I made sure that those drapes in the second floor were drawn so nobody would uh, see the Christmas lights and think, he's supposed to be part Jewish and he's got a Christmas tree. What's going on here? But Nobody cared, and everybody knew anyway, so, uh, you know. It's funny. I think as children, we get really worked up and worried about being different. Well, I was very different. I mean, if yeah. I have to list the differences in my life mm -hmm. compared to 
98% of other people. But don't you think that shaped who you are? Oh, sure. And made you stronger? Uh, yeah, yeah. More resilient? Yeah. No, I, I, deserving is not a... You know, you earn it, you work for it. Nobody deserves... No, they, they des- I said resilient. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said uh, deserving. <laughs> you were deserving as well. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Resilient for sure. Yeah. And what do you remember most about your mom? That uh, it, it took me years to think of this, but my mother, I, I wondered why she kept me, to be very honest. And then why, five years later, she had Lorna out of wedlock. Mm. And uh, one time, Georgie Foxman and I went to the Dominion store at Bluer and uh, Bluer and uh, Bathurst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and we went in, and I stole a rubber ball, and Georgie Foxman stole enough stuff to open another store. Store. <laughs> And the manager said, you, wait there. And, and he took Georgie and I up to the cafeteria where the staff ate. And uh, he said, I want your parents here in the morning and blah, 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 blah. So I said, my mother works. I don't know that she can come. So my mother wrote a long letter and I took it into him. And when I got home, I spoke to Georgie, and I said, George, what did your parents say? About what? About getting caught with all that stuff. She said, I, he said, I didn't tell them. Yeah. I knew very well he would do nothing about it. He gets eight cases a day. Yeah. You know, so, and, and George married a lady uh, a couple of years later. And the lady died, and her father or mother, whoever was the survivor, left them millions of dollars. Wow. And, the, and I said, the lesson is, <laughs> do what you like. It doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> What's going to happen is going to happen. Hi, guys. Just going to take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk to you about my favorite thing ever, Freedom Club. This is my eight-week business accelerator where I teach you all the exact tools that I've used to create a half million dollar business. I create this because I want everyone to live a life of time, location, financial freedom. I know what it's like to sit at home, miserable with where you are, desiring more, wanting more, wanting to live this bigger life, but I had absolutely no idea how to start a business. So now that I figured it out, I am so excited to teach you exactly how to do the same. So this is how to create your launch strategy, how to create an offer, how to find your why, how to create a marketing strategy, a social strategy, a launch strategy, literally everything. We also meet weekly where you can talk to me. We do weekly Q and A's to get you unstuck. So you are constantly moving forward and building your dream life. My goal with this offer is that you're able to have, like I said, time, location, financial freedom, whatever that looks like for you. More time with your family, moving to Bali, able to quit your nine to five. It's all happened with your students there. 
And the best part is, is that you're connected with a like-minded community. So we have community component where you meet and you connect with other like-minded people so that you raise your vibration and we are all together better as a group. So if you want to learn more about it, hit the application in the link in the comments. It's a non-committal application. All you have to do is submit. Then we'll hop on a discovery call just to make sure that this offer is exactly what you need and will get you to your goals. So you don't have to go another year with experiencing winter. <laughs> or just you can finally start hitting those goals and that big move, make that big step whether it's leaving your job, moving across the country, whatever the heck you want to do, it's all possible with the Tools Inside Freedom Club. All right, I can't wait to check out your applications and let's get back to the episode. So when you first met Granny, was there a moment in time when you knew that she was the one? Uh, yeah, but it, it wasn't like a flash of light. Yeah. It's something you worked at, and, and we went out, and we went to jazz places, and we went here, and, and we both enjoyed eating. Uh, Granny could not boil water when I met her. Really? Really. And when she died, and uh, there were 18 three-ring binders with recipes in them. Yeah. Not all her recipes, but one she had clipped and some of her own, and she ended up being Quite a good cook. Yeah, couldn't get her out of the kitchen. Yeah. So you felt like over time you, you found out that she was the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, I only did it once. <laughs> and, and once is probably... I mean, people that say, I'll, I'll give it a whirl for five years and then I'll yeah. make a decision. And, and very few people, if anybody, live together. Mm. without being married. Right. It just was something that wasn't done, period. Yeah. And uh and now it's it seems to be the the way it's the norm. And and the other thing was when Nancy and I got married, she became Nancy Harris, period, end of discussion. Mm -hmm. Now it's very uncommon for a woman to lose her maiden name mm -hmm. and adopt the name of her husband. That's mm -hmm. his name. My name is yeah. Yeah. What do you think made you most successful at work? Well, I, I, I was a good salesman, but I was honest. And I think that's, and I treated people fairly. And uh, I knew that my success depended on their success. So, you know, I, I, and, and you work hard. Yeah. And you stay out of the nightclubs and you stay out of the bars and all that sort of thing. But what made you a good salesman? Probably just personality. Yeah, you have a good personality. Pardon? You have a good personality. Yeah, pe people tend to like me. <laughs> no, really. Because, <laughs> no, because I'm honest and, yeah. and, and selling a product that sells. So those are two things in my favor to be liked. Yeah. But... Uh, some people are good. I was good at cooking, too, you yeah. know. You still are. Yeah. You're and, duck shanks. Duck shanks. <laughs> Grandpa yeah. sent me to the grocery store to find something that doesn't exist the other day. It was fun. Yeah. What event has most shaped your life? What event shaped my life mostly? Yeah, the most. You know, that's, that's a, 
a very difficult, if not impossible, question to answer. What's well, the first one that comes to mind? Probably getting married, I guess. Yeah. And, and but you know, it's it's almost I walked out on the street and a big light fly. It doesn't happen that way. It just yeah. happens in steps and. Uh, I like that lesson, you know, because I think in the movies, and I've been really reading a lot of romance novels. It always is that way. Like, it's like you see the guy or you see the girl, and it's like time stops, and then your whole life changes, and everything is perfect. But that's not how it is, is it, Grandpa? No, it isn't. It, it's a step here, a step there, uh, in in small doses, you know. And uh, can we talk about your real estate journey? Because I find that very interesting. So you bought your fo first home in Toronto in what year? 59. And how much was it? How much we paid? Yeah. Uh, I think 15.9. So $15,900 for With, your first home. And I think it was uh, $2,350 down, something like that. And at that time, how much were you making an hour? Uh, probably 5000 a year. If you were a flat, there was a term, a term, he's a $5,000 a year man. Is that a good thing? Oh, Christ, yes. Really? Uh, yeah, and the interest rates were 6%. Everybody now is saying, oh my gosh, they're going up to 1.9, holy smokes. But they were 6% then. They went as high at one point as 22 and 3 quarters percent. Wow. So, do you think $5,000 a year would be like equal to like making $100,000 a year no, now? No, 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 no. Not that no. much? No. Uh, it's uh, very difficult to, yeah, you know, yeah. compare. Okay, so then you bought your first house for, you know, $15,000. And then, and then you sold that home for how much money? Hmm, I think 130 but yeah, but the net, no. Wait a minute, it couldn't have been one hundred and thirty. There was no. a home in between, wasn't there? No, it was in Scarborough. Okay, yeah. But no, it it must it wasn't one hundred and thirty. Goodness gracious, uh, I think it was maybe around twenty five thousand. Okay. And the next one we bought, I think, was for thirty thousand. Yeah. And we sold that. I. And my memory is very... Well, for everyone listening, my grandma's 89. And can you? your memory's amazing. I think you have a better memory than I do. Well, but, but it's interesting. I can sing the words of a song verbatim. Mm -hmm. And I... What kind of song? It, it, it just... Uh, it could be something like Onward Christian Soldiers, which nobody would associate me with ever <laughs> singing, marching on to war with the cross of Jesus, who has gone before. Have you even been to church before? Uh, no, but I was taken by my grandfather to what they called Cheder, which is Jewish school. And he took one look at me and... Uh, asked my grandfather a few questions, and I was very quickly booted out. Why? Because what kind of Jew is this? Because you were, because you had blonde hair? No, just, uh, just, it, it wasn't, my, my grandfather was not the typical, he left 
either the Ukraine or Russia, we're not sure which, way back when, uh, with my grandmother, and they had five kids. What kind of money did it take in those days? I mean, you s sat on a ship for two weeks or three. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like, uh, you know, and you were probably, the meals weren't the greatest. Right. But, uh, no, it, it's, you know, a lot of people think of life in, in uh, large terms, but it creeps along slowly if you're leading a reasonable life, you know. Mm. And... Uh, I, I was lucky, and, and uh, we did a reasonable amount of traveling. We were happy together most of the time, and, uh, and, and 61 years go by. So just circling back to the home, because I just want to highlight this for people, because I remember when you told me I was, like, floored. So the first home sold for, uh, you bought it for 15. The second one was 25. What was the third home? Uh, what was it and where was it? Uh, it's a question. We went from uh, Scarborough to... Uh, I can't remember, to be very honest. I'd have it's to okay, but you, you did... I remember you turned one around for 100000 right? Pardon? You turned one of them around for 100000 yeah, hundred and thirty sticks in my mind. Yeah, and then we bought uh, the next one. We bought, we sold for. Uh, we might have paid a hundred and thirty. We sold it for something like seven hundred and fifty. But had we sold it, uh, it was either a year later or a year earlier. We would have got. Uh, Excuse me. Hello. Good, thank you. I'm having an appointment with someone here now. May I call you later? Great, thank you, Linda. Bye-bye. That's Linda Hassler, who uh, was one of my best friends, John Hassler's wife, and she is a widow and lives in Toronto, and I live here, and we speak probably every two weeks. Oh, that's really yeah, nice. Yeah, she's really a lovely lady. Oh. And uh, anyway. What was the first thought you had when I was born? Uh, well, uh, that you'd be, you know, it was more wishes, I guess, that you'd be healthy and uh, happy and... Uh, your your mother and father were not married mm. and uh had a much more volatile or maybe it wasn't your mother's not a volatile person mm -hmm. but uh uh unstable no i think uh probably you know andrew was poor I wouldn't call it unstable, but he quit school at 16 mm -hmm. and had absolutely no education. Mm -hmm. But damn, he, he worked hard and he, he, he uh, worked at the Royal York. And, and it, for a guy that quit school at 16 and had no education, he did quite well. How would you de describe Granny? 
Me? Yeah. Uh, Granny? Yeah. Granny, when I met her, Granny had just been engaged for some time. Really? To, to Art Maskell, who was a fighter pilot in the RCAF. And Art was getting transferred to Germany. And Nancy didn't want to go to Germany. So they broke up. And that's when Wait, I, wait, 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 wait. If Art never got transferred to Germany, I would never be here. That's crazy. Well, how does that work? Because if Art never transferred to Germany, him and Granny would have stayed together, and then there would have been no me because you would have never had Dad, and Dad would have never had oh, me. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That lived in the house of Jack. Yeah. So yeah. okay. <clears throat> so they broke up. Were they together when you first met her, or were they already no, broken up? No, they had always, uh, always broken up. And I met Art. He came to our house one time, and was uh, it awkward? Pardon? Was it awkward? No. No. Uh, no, it wasn't. Did you two have a ride together? A, a, did you have a glass of rye together? Uh, probably. I, I, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So what was Granny like when you first met her? Or sorry, how would you describe Granny? But you were saying when you first met her. Uh, not somebody I particularly want to get to know better. <laughs> uh but again, she had a lousy home life, mm -hmm. and she had this uh, experience with art, a breakup. Yeah. So all of those things put together, you could see where she wouldn't be the most stable, not unstable, but uh, the most happy, glittering person in the world, you know. Yeah. But then she turned into, at, like after you're married, like what would you overall describe Granny as? A real, uh, well, she really appreciated, you know, she had a, uh, uh, a convertible Corvette at one point because I knew people in the car business and I could buy nice cars. So she had nice cars. She had nice clothing. Uh, nothing, you know, out of the fabulous ordinary. Yeah. But, but it was a much nicer life for her because... Uh, you know, I wasn't going to Germany, and I, and her mother wasn't continually bitching at her. Yeah. And uh, she really enjoyed my family. Yeah. Because it was a family, mm -hmm. you know. And what do you think the world needs more of right now? Oh, Marley. <laughs> That's a... You know, peace and quiet. You, you look around <laughs> and you see movies of what the Russians have done in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And and the whole city is destroyed, burnt. I know. And I think we need peace and uh and some calmness. We don't need maniacs like Vladimir Putin. And uh you know, so many people are in a financial position where they're they're not able to function unless there are people like you who, who are motivated and have imaginations and work hard. And, and not everybody has your imagination. So mm -hmm. that's where your 
uh, lucky to have because it makes your job probably a little easier. It's not easy, I know, mm. but uh, at least it allows you to accomplish things you want to do when most people get in the post office or whatever and that's their life period end of discussion mm -hmm. you know so it takes a certain person that progresses and uh, usually makes more money than the other guy and and lives a so-called better life you know mm -hmm. nicer house nicer car and able to give his kids uh, you know a good life yeah what are you most proud of Probably my family, because, mm -hmm. you know, if you say I, I'm most proud of my financial possessions, <laughs> there's a few people with more yeah. by far. Yeah. And, and financial possessions are nice because they provide a level of comfort. Mm -hmm. I don't need a, a $6 million house like my friend David Barrett has. Mm. Uh, uh, but just a comfortable life. So my accomplishment is just uh, live, living life, I think, to the fullest that, that I could afford and was capable of living, you know. Yeah. Okay, my last question. What are you, What message would you like to share with your family? Be honest. Work hard. And... Uh, just peace and calm and, and uh, you know, contentment. That, that's the big thing. It doesn't have to be uh, the biggest house, the fanciest car. It, it's just your relationship with people. And if you're honest with people and treat them fairly and, and kindly, and I think kindly is, is probably the biggest word, then it's going to be a reasonable life. Okay, wait, I have one more question. What is bringing you the most joy in your life right now? If I say my cat, people look at me like I am. <laughs> no, please say uh, your cat. No, I, I would say my family. You yeah. know, uh, I, I got to know Sarah a bit better at uh, Kimmy's, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, Blake seems like a happy camper. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Noah is certainly a happy camper, mm -hmm. and I bet his wife Claudia a dollar that it would be a girl. No, you bet her $500. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, no, I bet somebody else maybe 500 but <laughs> No, she was like, I'll bet you $500, and then you were like, I only have a dollar. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so I didn't. I yeah. didn't uh, <laughs> and because uh, she knew the shape of the... I think it's going to be a boy. You think it's going to be a girl? Well, well just because I... Who you the hell bet knows? Yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh, Wait, did you find out what it is? No. Uh, okay. They found out Monday. Yeah, we haven't... I haven't heard. No, I haven't heard either. Dang it. <laughs> Got to call them after this. Yeah, call them and, yeah. and let's find out. Gosh, <laughs> am I a dollar richer or a dollar poorer? Yeah, I, we need to know. I must know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Grandpa. Oh, it's my pleasure, my dear. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? A message? Grandpa's words of wisdom? Just, uh... Just don't...
try not to be so serious with life that every little problem that comes up. Mm. Uh, I, I have a saying that uh, when something happens now, uh, I say if that's my biggest problem in life, I'm doing very well. Mm. Where at one point in life I would have said, oh my goodness, am I, oh boy. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just learn that uh, you, you, you take it as it comes. You can't always control to a nth degree the outcome of your life. So try to be flexible and try to go with the flow as long as it's honest and straightforward and not, you know. That's good advice. Well, it's... But uh, my family, but you... Everybody that sees me says, uh, Guy, how's your cat? <laughs> Honestly. And, and it's usually lying in my lap somewhere. Where's your mother, by the way? She was getting your, getting your groceries. She what? She's getting your groceries. She's picking up your wine. Oh, not my groceries, my wine. Yeah, your wine. Yeah, yeah. So, how long? You're wondering that? when she's going to pick me up? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Okay, well, thank you so much for being here. I think everyone is really going to enjoy this episode. Well, I hope they do. And I'm going to savor this for many years to come. Good. I'm glad you are. And I will save it, savor it for not as many years. <laughs> okay, thanks so much for listening, you guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Before you go, would you love a free money hypnosis? You guys, this is what I listen to every single night to rewire my subconscious mind so I can manifest the money that I desire. It is absolutely game-changing if you've heard me talk anything about subconscious mind and anything along the realms of healing your subconscious mind to help align you and attract money into your life hypnotherapy is the way it actually heals and rewires your subconscious mind to make it believe and truly allow it to believe that you deserve the money that you desire so if you want this free money hypnosis all you have to do is leave us a review you know honest review how you're feeling about the show take a screenshot right away and then send it to hello at marleyrose.ca and we will send you this free hypnosis. You guys, it's going to be absolutely game-changing. It's how all my clients have manifested all of their massive goals in their business and in their life. Okay, thanks so much, you guys. I hope it's a great tool for you to use in manifesting all the money that you desire. Lots of love. Mwah.